I actually had quite a good day at work today. That's excellent news. It was a pretty low-key morning. I just worked on some random stuff that was just needed to get done. Um, and that made it go by pretty quickly. And had a brief little meeting before lunch. And then I walked somewhere to go get lunch, which was nice. It makes lunch feel like I... It makes it feel like I did something with lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And then when I got back, I had like half an hour to get a little bit of other work done and then had a meeting and then worked a little bit more and then had another meeting with an intern to introduce them to something that they would be working on and that basically took up the rest of my day nice yeah as as someone who doesn't have that many meetings in their work day Mm -hmm. how do you feel about meetings Uh, or i guess my question i'm coming from the place of not having meetings i mean i'm i'm in the position of these meetings do not like drastically affect my day i'm not one of the people who have so many meetings that it actually interferes with their work any day that i have a meeting it's like a thing that i that is like one of the only things i have that day like in in this case it was uh you know, someone who moved to LA but still works with the company was back in the office today. And so, like, I briefly met with them and one other person. And then the meeting that I had this afternoon is just the one meeting that I have every Monday afternoon for a big curriculum thing that I work on. Like, it's just the time where the whole group of five of us that work on it just get together and talk about what's going on and mm-hmm. sort out anything we need to. And it's a pretty low key thing. And then the thing with the intern was, like, just a thing that, like, I call it a meeting. It was just us sitting in a room on a computer talking through stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so I'm very much in the position where all of these are just welcome reprieves at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. my, my meeting schedule is set up so that it's, like, I have a meeting from 2 to 3 on both Monday and Tuesdays and every other th- Wednesday. Okay. And uh, because I go to work so early, um, I have those meetings and then I work for another like 30 or 45 minutes and then I get to go home. Yeah. And meetings are so okay. easy to do uh, for the most part that it makes it just, it just makes the day feel shorter. Mm-hmm. So that's my feeling. I'm sure there are lots of other people who like my supervisor who has to do way more meetings and mm-hmm. I'm impressed that he's able to get anything done. Yeah, but I suppose if I know that I have a bunch of stuff going on, then I can be more efficient. But it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. I was curious about your perspective. Because mm-hmm. I, I like virtually never have meetings. Like yeah. I'll have maybe three meetings a month or something total. If it's like a really busy month in terms of meeting type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're like very much a novelty to me at this point in my career. Because mm. I know some I know some people just like hate them because they're always in meetings and they're always pointless and like they don't find any value in them. But for, but for me, it's just like because I'm never in them, like any useful or any like uselessness of the meeting doesn't really bother me that much because like it's just nice to get a bit of a break in the 
I don't want to say monotony because my job isn't very monotonous at all, but like a break in the traditional schedule that kind of mixes things up mm-hmm. um, and gives you something interesting and unexpected to prepare for or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like all the meetings that I have, none of them feel pointless. Like they're all for a purpose and they're all with a very small number of people, except for mm-hmm. the, bi- okay. the bi-weekly one on Wednesday is like a meeting for the entire curriculum team. So that counts both math and physics. So there's like eight of us in the room mm-hmm. and we typically pull one person from some other team to talk to us for 20 minutes about stuff that they're doing and stuff that might be applicable to us. And then we all just sort of update each other on what we're working on because like the people who do physics have no idea what those of us who work on like the elementary school curriculum are doing, but it's always Mm -hmm. interesting just to hear what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. like, like, do you ever have to talk to your coworkers about planning something that you're going to do for work? Like sort out some experiment or just something that you need to do? Not I don't really ever have to talk to them about it, but like it just always or like just happens. like you presumably you do stuff or you write stuff down or just something happens and let's say someone needs to check it. Yeah. Yeah. Like now just um, now I mean I I don't know the nature I, of your work, but I I guess part of me just hopes that there's stuff that happens that gets checked every once in a while. Uh, see there i agree okay. i agree with you mark I, I, I didn't mean to open up this pandora's box but i can tell that i have go for it i i don't i don't know if we should cut this out or not i'm not going to so just censor yourself okay okay um i don't know like yeah i don't know where to go from here if i'm gonna censor myself so okay. <laughs> just you agree um, we'll leave it at that you agree with my statement that stuff should be checked and or reviewed I agree that it is important to have like checks and balances, especially in my type of environment where I'm working in kind of a a lab setting, um, doing research and development work. I think that mm-hmm. it's important to have more experienced personnel kind of double checking not every single thing that younger, newer people do, but kind of checking in from time to time, making sure you're not going down like a ridiculous path or make sure that you're not drawing conclusions that are based on like a very minor mistake or a very minor misunderstanding that would make all of your conclusions invalid or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's definitely times where I do something and it ends up, I waste a bit of time and think that I've found the solution. And then someone looks back through my work and they're like, uh, yeah, but did you check this it should be the first thing you checked and then i check it and like yeah that's not what happened Mm -hmm. so let's pretend that you work at some other company that does do this i'm not saying my company doesn't do this i I never said that i know i'm just saying that let's just let's just go away from whatever the real world is okay and say that you work at a company that does do this yes and imagine that say like every week you just met with someone for like half an hour just to go over something that you both are working on or invested in or maybe you're working under them but you're doing a lot of the work these are the sort of meetings that i have and so when you say like go over are you talking about like the details of what you're actually working on and like in this case it's like we get together we get together or the one thing that i'm thinking of is like the meeting that i'll have tomorrow which is for revising some um fifth grade class 
and that'll be an hour-long meeting where we just go through the lesson and shoot ideas off each other and just talk openly about what we think we want to do. And since I'm sort of in charge of the process, I will be kind of taking notes and just quickly writing into Google Doc all the changes that we decided need to be made. And then the other person who I'm working with will go and make those changes. And when they're done, I will review those changes. And that's Mm -hmm. the process. Okay. So most of our meetings, most of the meetings that I've had tend to be in the like, let's talk about like whatever overview or specifics we need to just so that we're all on the same page and that we've talked about it. Um, And if there are things that are like, oh, we know that this is going to get really involved or it's just not important to talk about as a group, Mm -hmm. then just make a little note and say, oh, use your best judgment, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can do it on your own and I'll still review it. Okay. Um, But that's most of the meetings that I deal with. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is not exciting podcast conversation. So I had a hot dog for dinner. (laughs) Okay. And I thought of you. Why? Well, so I went to the store on Saturday because I wanted to, I didn't want to have to go yesterday because of Super Bowl stuff, Mm -hmm. partially because I wanted to watch the Super Bowl and partially because the grocery store would probably be even more uh, vacant and devoid of any food than it normally is on Sundays when we go. Mm -hmm. So we went on Saturday and I decided, you know what, I want to get some hot dogs but I was thinking of you because of our bread conversation. And and you bought a loaf of, like, plain bread? No, I bought eight hot dog buns and five hot dogs, and I'm just going to deal with the consequences of my decisions like a man. <laughs> and it was wonderful. Well, I Okay, I have two <laughs> things to say here. First of all, like a man, what the fuck, Mark, really? <laughs> I know. I Second just, of I all... Just needed to, I needed to I <laughs> really pivot away from all of the office conversation. <laughs> Second of all, how are you going to deal with it? That's what I'm curious about. What are you going to do with these three useless buns? Well, I will do one of three things. Uh, Option number one is to... Throw them away because they're useless. Well, that was going to be option number three. Oh, sorry. Option number two then (laughs) would be to make a sandwich with them. Uh, because it is just bread, but it is bread meant for a hot dog. But this is the thing. I've learned that specific kinds of breads can be made more general, better than general breads can be made specific. I think maybe that's what I was, that's the piece that I was missing last week. You know what? That is some very good insight. I, I don't think I can argue with that one right away. Yeah. Like I have no issue making a ham sandwich on a hot dog bun. Like I've done that before. I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) Or, I mean, I've done. I've definitely done them like hamburger buns. Um, I just, I just so have no issue with that. But it, yeah, but that, but so does making a hot dog with white bread. That makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So we're at an impasse. In either mm-hmm. case, I had hot dog and it was wonderful. And I've learned that the best way to heat up a hot dog, because most hot dogs come fully cooked these days. Mm-hmm. I learned that uh, just. Frying them on your pan with a little bit of butter. Ooh. Very good. The butter is important. Butter makes everything better. That's an objective fact. Most so I, things. I can... Uh... Okay, I'm going to come up with one off the top of my head okay. that I just... The first, the first thing that popped into my head, okay? Can, I think okay. it's a good one. Okay, what is it? Is cereal. 
Okay. Yeah. Like it's a but, grain. It almost sounds like it should, but it really doesn't. <laughs> but in the right circumstance, it can. Mm. Like, have you ever tried to make puppy chow without any? I think you have to have butter and puppy chow. I was gonna say that's the the easiest option would have been something like rice krispie bars. <laughs> Actually, yes. Have you ever tried to make rice krispie bars without butter? Yeah, it's a disaster. I have. You take marshmallows and rice krispies and you throw them together on a paper plate and then microwave it. And it's that's, a disaster. No, that's how we used to make Rice Krispies as like when I grew up. We, I don't think my mom ever made a pan of Rice Krispies in the oven. We only ever did jumbo marshmallows in the microwave with Rice Krispie. With just like Rice Krispie cereal. And it was always wonderful. See, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've tried that without butter. And it's been a disaster every time I've done that. I guess uh, you weren't like seven and really craving a sugary treat. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I just had a more developed palate than you. I don't know. I guess. Um, the, first <laughs> thing that into, the first thing that popped into my head that wouldn't have been improved with butter was like a glass of water. Mm. Also that. I did make a very good... Um, I didn't really have dinner last night because I, I like had like a late lunch before the Super Bowl. And so mm-hmm. it was like 9.30 and I was really hungry. And I knew that I f- had bought some pasta a week or two ago that I hadn't used yet. And so I made like a poor man's fettuccine Alfredo where I just boiled some spaghetti and then did like the sort of mac and cheese thing where you just quickly strain it and throw it back in the pot with mm-hmm. a little bit of milk and some butter. Mm-hmm. And then I just took the really cheap craft. uh grated parmesan cheese and just dumped a bunch into it and uh, some paprika Mm -hmm. and some italian seasoning and i Mm. thought and i thought some shrimp oh the other thing that i did actually this sounds like a fancy gourmet meal but it's like but it's not as fancy as like actually making fettuccine alfredo where you need like heavy cream and you need to do all the stuff to make the sauce it was just like it's just making mac and cheese, except I had my own I noodles, know. and I had Parmesan cheese instead of whatever they give you in a craft box. Mm-hmm. You know? But, like, still... But the one thing that I did do, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very lazy, and I, like, I did buy some garlic a while ago, like, just actually real garlic, mm-hmm. but I don't really like chopping it up. It's just kind of annoying. Wait, okay. Stop. Pause one sec. Do you not normally have garlic on hand? No, I don't normally have garlic on hand, okay. but now I do Continue. because I have a lot of garlic Continue. and I don't use it. Um, but what I do have is a big thing of like dried minced garlic. Dried? I assume it's dried. Just like a shaker of garlic. Oh, oh, like garlic powder. No, it's not garlic powder. It is like garlic flakes. Like they are like huh. dried garlic flakes. I have never seen this before. Well, in either case, I was very happy with them, and I didn't really know how I was supposed to use them, so I just kind of, on a whim, decided to throw them in the boiling water with the pasta while it cooked. Turned out really well. Nice! Because it basically, like, rehydrated the garlic chunks. Yeah. And and didn't, like, overpower it. Like, I thought I put in way too much, because I just sort of, like, tossed it, like opened up the full-sized lid because the little hole lids are like or the whole the tiny holes are like too almost too small for the garlic to go through mm-hmm. so i opened up the other side and just kind of gave it a shake and like a whole bunch came out and i was like that's a little much ended up being yeah, going into really good water. yeah that's sweet yeah so there you go pro tip nice i i'll look for it i'm probably gonna go grocery shopping either tomorrow morning or evening so i'll nice. 
I'll give it a looky look. I yeah. probably won't buy any because I have too much fresh garlic anyway. Mm. But I'm curious to know what you're talking about. Yeah. So. All right. Let's get rolling. Okay. Quick and snappy. That's our that's our MO, right? That's right. That'll be the new subtitle of our podcast after episode 100. Quick and snappy. So we have Frank and Ernest by Thaves. And uh, it is one panel of what is presumably Noah's Ark um, on a, I don't know, we see just part of it with a few animals sticking their heads out. One one lion, two uh, brown animals that are like, I guess, cartoonish dogs, but I'm not really sure what they're meant to be. Um, two giraffes and two pigs, and they are in sight of land. And one of the pigs is excitedly saying, Wow, after 40 days of rain, there should be some really great mud. So, Mark. Oh, those pigs. Uh, I can't some believe there pig... are no comments on this one. I know. It's really disappointing. There, there's so many ways you could go with it, too. Yeah. Oh, well. But the direction I'm thinking about is it's a bit of a, a quick story time and then a question. So earlier this evening, I was thinking like, hey, I need to check my mail. So I went to go check my mail. Um, and for those of, you who, those of you who don't know exactly what my mail situation is right now, is like I have to go outside and walk around the building that my apartment's in and then walk around the building next door to the building that my apartment's in all the way in order to get to my mailbox and so it's like a i would say a four minute round trip if you didn't actually stop and open the mailbox so if you just like walk there and walk back so it's like it's a bit of a bit of a hike not actually but if you're feeling really wimpy it's a bit of a hike um so tonight i I went and i took the whole way around and i got my mail and i was walking back and as I finished walking around the first building, I looked and I'm like, yo, it would cut my trip down significantly if I just cut through this big grassy area between the two buildings because it could like cut me straight to the side that I need to get on to like get to my apartment. I was like, that's a great shortcut. And so I, I start I start walking. And I'm like, OK, it's kind of like squishy ground is squishy and stuff so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna jog it quick it's like dark out it's kind of weird because i'm walking between two buildings that no one walks in between so i'm just gonna like quickly jog it back to jog it back to the door to get into my apartment so so i i take a little bit of a leisurely jog and i get back to my apartment i'm like yeah that saved me a lot of time actually that was a that was a solid shortcut i'm happy with that and then i just kind of am continuing on with my night um and then i'm doing laundry and i'm like hey i i I should wash these pants that I'm wearing. And so I was like, I'm just going to change clothes and then throw these pants in the washing machine. And so I, I take my pants off and I'm looking at them and the backside of my pants are covered in speckles of mud. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Um, that's not ideal. And then I go and I'm like, wait, so I was wearing a shirt when I did that little jog. Let me look at that. I wasn't planning to, like, it was a... Not a shirt. It was like a jacket that I was wearing. I was like, oh, I should I should look at that. So I look at that jacket. The back of that jacket is covered in speckles of mud. 
<laughs> and so it turns out what I thought was a shortcut in the long run has now ended up costing me a lot of extra time um, having to deal with the laundry implications of all these muddy clothes. And that so is a bring shame. Us, yes, bring us back around here. I was just thinking about the concept of shortcuts um, and sometimes when shortcuts are really the long way around. And Ooh. I was wondering, first of all, Mark, do you take many, do you think you take a lot of shortcuts in your life? Hmm. Um, and do you have any examples of times when you've taken a shortcut and it's ended up becoming more of the long way around and how you feel about that? Uh, I would say that I am definitely predisposed to trying to find shortcuts, which are, of course, to the productive person's world, just really ways of uh, being efficient. And you're efficient until it starts biting you in the butt. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, I think I have a pretty good sense for, like, what is a good shortcut and what isn't, and depending on like the specifics of what I'm working on, I may be more or less interested in actually trying to take one. Uh, Like at work, there was definitely times where like, say I was proofreading something or even just writing something. Let's say I was writing a new lesson. And I always felt like when I first started, I just wanted to be very quick. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I often would not be very diligent about proofreading what I had just written before passing it on to a reviewer Mm -hmm. and even like i'm a pretty good writer and typist and stuff and i don't make many silly mistakes but they still happen and it turns out that when you don't bother to check yourself and you're trying to go very fast they happen much more frequently and and this was my experience confirm i can (laughs) confirm yeah and so this was my experience for uh the first couple months working full-time uh, and slowly I started to uh, like a, a lot of it was just ingraining myself in the culture of like like it's okay to take a little extra time like you don't need to rush so much Um, like even if I'm taking the time to proofread stuff and I'm a pretty good and quick proofreader without taking any shortcuts Um, like I'm still doing stuff rather quickly and efficiently Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like, just taking that time, uh, it'll take me less time to look over my own stuff and find some of the really glaring errors, and that'll save time for the next person who doesn't have to deal with, like, finding them and then writing about them and then sending it back to me to fix and, like, that whole runaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um... But other things, I don't know. I can't say that I... uh, Just trying to think. Like, I guess with... uh, Hmm. Like, I'm trying to think if, like, the way that I cook could be considered taking shortcuts. But Mm -hmm. I think... But it's not really... Actually. Like, I guess it depends on how you want to define it. Like, a lot of it is being lazy slash not caring. Like, is it a shortcut... If you don't care either way, like, or or, or like, I I think the main difference between like the idea of a shortcut and what I'm thinking of with something like cooking is a shortcut by definition is supposed to get you to the same place. (laughs) Uh, 
you know yeah. like that's that's the like in uh, the physical reality of a shortcut that's what it is i understand mm-hmm. that's not kind of what always happens and that's what we're talking about but like yeah. i think that there's a difference between like let's say i want to make some pasta and i'm looking mm-hmm. at the two extremes of making everything from scratch and making very very little from scratch Mm-hmm. And to uh, like to some extent, I'm getting to the same place, and in another way, I'm totally not. But it's a conscious choice either way. Of like, oh, I'm not taking a shortcut. I'm just gonna go somewhere else. That's of that's okay. like similar, right? Okay. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I guess for the purposes of kind of what I was thinking, I would classify that as a shortcut in yeah, in this context. I figured. Um, but. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, I think as I've grown up a little bit, like in college, and I'm sure in high school, and I'm sure the younger that I look, the more and more shortcuts I tried to find, especially in, like, doing schoolwork and stuff. Yeah. Like, I was a good student, I enjoyed school, but that doesn't mean I always wanted to be doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I remember trying to get away with doing very little cursive homework in third and fourth grade. That fits your personality And a getting lot. in a lot of trouble for that, for trying to <laughs> kind of get out of doing that. Yeah. Um. It's weird now with things like cursive. I remember at the time I was, I hated it and was trying to get out of it. And like, now that I'm older, like I'm trying to relearn cursive and it's just, it's funny how sometimes things come around like that. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about relearning it and I actually did try for a short bit in college and I was like, I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually do use it sometimes. I'll uh, yeah, I'll admit not on a, on a daily basis or anything, but there's certain types of writings that I absolutely prefer cursive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think the, the biggest thing is just that learning curse. Like I know how to write cursive. If someone mm-hmm. said write this in cursive, like I I have all of the knowledge and am physically capable of doing it. But just mm-hmm. like my regular handwriting, I'm so disappointed with the final product of how it actually looks. Like nowadays, cursive is a uh, visual thing. Yeah, it's obviously not an understandability thing. Like all it is is just a uh, visual thing. I don't. Mm, okay. I I will die on that hill. There is essentially no situation, um, in like regular day to day life where like cursive surpasses printing in legibility for the people that you would like sure maybe you could find some really old person who a bunch prefers cursive and will only read stuff in cursive and that's a very specific thing but like i've yet to come across a situation where knowing cursive would have been even remotely useful okay but that's a very specific thing we can talk about it at another point Yes, it's not but, good podcast content. Uh, well, that's not necessarily true, but it's not <laughs> but, but, but relevant it's to your current conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that as I've grown older and got away from really wanting to do shortcuts to uh, thinking more of just like, it's more about just like, oh, how do I manage my time? And among the things that I want to do, I want to do them well. Mm-hmm. And that's just a general driving idea. But because there's so many things I want to do, I want to be efficient. And I'm very good at finding ways to become more efficient in the work that I do, whether it's 
at work or at home. Um, mm-hmm. I very much enjoy finding little things that um, are like trying to find a good balance between the time I spent on working on these efficiencies and actually doing the thing that I want to do. Because mm-hmm. there's lots of things nowadays with like automation and stuff that is like cool and novel and I'm glad that people are playing around with it and enjoy doing it. But a lot of it just seems like way too much work for what it's actually giving you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure there are other people who totally disagree and they've built up stuff around them where that's just not true. And that's fine, you know. But for me, it's like there are, if there are little things that I can latch onto, then I quickly take advantage of them. One of them for my own bias being keyboard shortcuts. Like, I find nothing more efficient than learning as many keyboard shortcuts as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, I think it was probably a month or two ago when I learned all the keyboard shortcuts for Gmail. And, like, oh. that actually did have a noticeable impact in very, like, specific times in my working day where I am doing something like the way that some of our task management stuff works is that basically no matter what you do, if you just do some stuff, a bunch of emails get generated. Hmm. And so like, I always have a handful of like red emails in my inbox, just kind of how I work. Um, there's always just, I like having a couple of like of the top things that I need to work on for that day, like a little visual indicator that's just in my main Hmm. inbox. And, but then I'll do this stuff like these bug reports that I do every morning and I'll often generate between 10 and 20 emails that just pop into my inbox. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to manually click on 10 to 20 things and delete Mm -hmm. them, but there is a keyboard shortcut called, that's just X. Like if you uh, allow keyboard shortcuts, X is just select the current conversation and then you can just arrow down. So I just go arrow X, arrow X, arrow X down and that goes very very fast it's like five seconds to do all those and then shift three is delete like it's just a little thing and also when i was learning how to use adobe indesign for some stuff that i'm doing at work i pro- i'm sure i've talked to you about this like the first thing i did was just anything that i wanted to do i would either memorize the keyboard shortcut that showed up in the menu or would google for the keyboard shortcut if it wasn't uh, visu- visibly present to me at the time. Hmm. And I think that that has sped up a lot of stuff that I do in that program and made me learn it much faster. And also things like Google Docs. Like, I know all of the keyboard shortcuts in Google Docs. <laughs> yeah. For doing all the text formatting things, in particular <laughs> things like making bulleted lists and doing strikethroughs and changing the header type, like all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, because I have to use it, like, every day. And so, yeah, that's one where like all it is, is like, it's not unlike the workflow type of stuff of automating stuff. I don't need Mm -hmm. to build anything. I just need to commit a little thing to my muscle memory that takes like half an hour to do. And it's something that I'm already predisposed to being good at. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. Especially when it's something you use commonly. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking through all these things you were talking about, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't even, like, know there were shortcuts for, like, <laughs> all of those things. Well, a lot but, of the stuff I only learned 
not too long ago. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah, you have to definitely have a... You have to, like, have the conscious decision to look for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, recently, in my work, like, I've been... I I do science stuff, and temperature is something that scientists often talk about. And so, like, I've, I've caught myself, like... It, it's so annoying to figure out how to put a degree symbol in something, and I hate typing the word degree and then mm-hmm. C, like, or or F if you want to be stupid. But, so I was like, I wonder if there's, like, a keyboard shortcut for, like, symbols and stuff. And so I, like, awesome. Google it one day. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Now that I know that, I feel like a superhero yeah. every time I'm talking about a temperature because I can just be like, oh, bloop. Yep. And I got this beautiful degree symbol there and I didn't even have to like take my hands off the keyboard and um like go up to the symbols menu and then select it and then search through it cuz I don't know where the degree symbol is even though mm-hmm. I found it a million times. And yeah, for like, sure. Oh, it's magic. Yeah, all that stuff is wonderful. It's also especially useful in programs that like don't have a symbols menu. Mhm. But I'm typing something. I'm like, well, can I put it here? Do I have to like copy it and paste it out of the internet or something? Nah. Mm-hmm. I can just like alt zero one seven six, I think. Wait, I have to go through the muscle memory. That sounds right. All the yeah, the Unicode. Yeah. 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 Initializing Unicode stuff on Windows. Yeah. It's great. Yep. Makes me feel like a hacker. Yeah. Like there definitely is just a lot of like <laughs> when when you're people like us who like understand technology but aren't like super super deep into computers yeah there is just like a really pleasant little something about (laughs) Mm -hmm. gathering all that information and being able to use it well yeah it feels like you're like on the inside of like some special group that knows things even though i i understand that knowing how to use the how to like put in the degree symbol it doesn't make mm-hmm. me special. It doesn't yeah. add me to a special group, but <laughs> honestly, probably the best shortcut that has made the biggest impact is on a on Windows or Linux it's Control L. On Mac, it is Command L, and it just highlights the address bar of your browser. Mm. Like it selects all the text, so that way you don't need to go and click the and drag. Uh, well, no, as in like the address bar. So like, let's say you want to copy the email, you want to copy the URL or you just want to go to a different website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need to like putz around with like double clicking and then it doesn't highlight the whole thing and like all this sort of stuff. It's just like yeah. control L, it highlights the whole thing. You can either copy oh it right gosh. away or just type something else in there. That's magical. I use it hundreds of times of day. <laughs> I'm going to use it at least weekly to copy and paste my comic for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i do it for that too (laughs) like i can do uh uh, most everything on my computer for my keyboard not everything but i actually probably could do do almost everything if i really tried Uh, i haven't yet but i could (laughs) so so that's your like favorite shortcut that you think is most that you use the most uh it's i mean other than like very like copy and paste i suppose i would use more overall okay um but in terms of ones that are like newer to me, yeah, I use not that everyone knows all the time, all the okay. time. Interesting. And also c- keyboard shortcuts to switch between tabs in browsers, ah, which is typically just Control Tab and Control mm-hmm. Shift Tab to go to the previous one. Yeah, interesting. 
So use those all the time. See, I always use the the YouTube. I don't even know if it's technically, it's not even like a shortcut. Oh, like but the JKL? Yeah. yeah. I learned that wonderful. a year and a half ago, and they are magical in my life. Then you can use period and comma to go frame by frame if it's paused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except I never really do that, but I did and know they exist. T-, T is theater mode and F is full screen mode. See, yeah, I never use those because, meh. Hmm. I, use but, the, I use theater mode a lot. What even is, what What are these? I don't even know. What, like, so I know full what full screen, screen yeah, mode is. Theater obviously. mode is where they um, more or less fill the window to the width of the browser window and then move all of those suggested videos that are normally on the right down mm-hmm. below the video so it can just be oh, wider so okay. it fills up like most of your browser screen which makes it bigger mm-hmm. but you don't need to go like full screen yeah okay nice oh man we're running short on time i don't think there's even like a thing to talk about with my comic but it's really funny to read so i just want you yeah. to read it <laughs> and then we can oh, probably God. just be done <laughs> yeah it's gonna take me the rest of the time we have left to read this effing comic you have Dear Lord. It's really funny. Oh, what the... F- Go for it. Okay, so... I'm, I'm like, tempted to read it all first, well, but... What's the, name of, what's the name of the comic, and who's it by? Yeah, so it's Dumbwitch Castle by Lord Birthday. First of all, <laughs> I want to, like, be known as, like, something as badass as Lord Birthday. That just sounds cool. I don't know if he's actually cool, or she... Or would it be Lord? Are, I don't know. Women be Lords? I don't know. But so this, I don't know how to describe this comic. So this, do you have advice for me? Because I haven't pre-read it because it's too long. <laughs> do I describe, do I just like read it? How about you just read it? Just read it. <laughs> don't okay. worry about describing. It's not even worth it. Just read it. Okay. So this comic is primarily a title and a list of eight items. And so the title is, How to Live a Fancy High Fashion Lifestyle in Eight Easy Steps. Step one, don a cape. To don means to wear like an idiot. Do that with capes. Come to fashion. Step two, put on long blue shoes and a big bow hat. Delightful. Step three, wear a jeweled collar. A luxury neck is yours. Step four, paint your face bright red and purple. Resemble a berry. Such juicy is ways. Uh, <laughs> such juicy is way so. Fa- oh, <laughs> such juicy is way so fashion. Step five, ride a tiny horse through a forest at the magic hour. Squint your eyes. Sigh. Woods are big fashion. Step six. Sip on spazzling wine. (laughs) Raise your glass and say, Long may the memory linger. A fancy life is so becoming your life. Step seven. Return home. Ignore your family unless they are big fashion. They must enjoy fancy and love it on you. Step eight. Eat a cold taco alone in your room. <laughs> what is this comic? First of so, all, what the heck does spazzling mean? I don't think I it means to, anything. 
thankfully I was like reading ahead a little bit and I hit that word and I was like, uh oh, I read it wrong. Uh oh, I read it wrong. Uh oh, I read it wrong. No, that's the right word. <laughs> so I, uh, I, yeah, I found this comic. Uh, like I found it by just a random search and came across it and then just started hitting random and then found this one and it just made me think of you. <laughs> Do you think I'm high fashion or do you yeah, think because, I'm stupid? Because you're, uh, because you're, because you're, uh, all of your fancy tastes and the way that you dress and stuff, the way that you uh, like to don sport coats. Uh. <laughs> Means to wear like an idiot. Yes. I honestly, that first one is my favorite part because honestly, I don't like, that's great. I, <laughs> I don't even know why, but I love it. Sometimes I... Yeah. I Sometimes I love just like owning that you're an idiot, and yeah. it's just like it's fun sometimes. No, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I feel that. So yeah, I I had very little to actually talk about, even if we did have time. Uh, I just thought it was a hilarious comic, and it just made me think of you, and I had to share it. <laughs> uh, I, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I feel like I don't have as many like. I know you don't actually, but it's just like niche pompous tastes. But <laughs> like this is like this is a this is like a small slice of the caricature of you that I have in my mind. Okay. Like obviously, I know you. Like <laughs> I know very little of this actually applies, but it's just <laughs> like the joke version of you that I like to bring onto this podcast every once in a while. That's it's totally just acceptable. Like <laughs> I think it's. Honestly, I do also find it funny that I feel like a lot of my closest friends have kind of a similar view of me as you do of like this caricature of me where like I'm I don't want to say like it's not posh, but like and I don't want to say snooty either. But like I have certain things that no, I'm just we've like, like we've covered it. We have your you you have that yeah, like what is it hip young professor. <laughs> OK, yeah, that works. But like. That I have a number of, like, things that I'm, like, very particular about and are just, like, so not normal and just bizarre at times. <laughs> and because that's not how I personally view myself. Of course I not. Think, but I think pretty much every single one of my close friends has this view of me. And I don't know if it's, like, like the personality or character of my own self that I put on around my friends or if it's like who I actually am, and my friends are like know me enough to like pick up on it. I don't know. I think part of it is just that uh, it's just kind of humorous. Like I think everybody likes to point out caricatures of other people if one mm-hmm. if one exists. Yeah. Like it's common for Jack and I to call Mikhail robotic in some sense, even though I don't mm-hmm. think that's how he views himself. Yeah. Um, like people like it's always a thing it's always a question of how do you perceive yourself versus how do others perceive you yeah but we don't have time to talk about that happy birthday thanks